Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to challenge the way you think about faith and work, today we're talking about a great book by author Kevin Lehman called The Way of the Shepherd. And Martha, you are the one that gave me this book. <laughs> <We're gonna> t- <laughs> yes, I am. Yes. You were so happy when I first gave it to no, you. No, <laughs> in fact, let's just make the apology in front of thousands of people today. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you for giving me this book. I just want to set the stage for people because Jim has a big stack of books that he always has in his perpetual I need to get read category. It's over three feet tall. So when I want to give him a book that I feel very strongly he needs to read, I do it with prayer <laughs> and with trepidation. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I read this book. she puts it on my bed at my I, feet and runs the other direction. I do. I sneak it over there. But no, actually, I finished, I read this book. I saw it on the shelf at the bookstore and I was just very intrigued by it. And we love Kevin Lehman. He is 
he has written a lot of great books that we've a lot um, of great marriage books that we've gone through. Yes, marriage books, books, and he's the one for people that remember the original talking about the birth order. That's Kevin Lehman as well, and of course we defy everything, you know, because we're the babies and we're married, and you know that's not supposed to work very well, I don't think. But I anyway, think it's work, working it's pretty good. Okay, so you give me this so book, I give you the book, and I'm like, and I looked at you and I said, really good. Said seriously, <laughs> seriously, you're giving me another book, really. Really? Do do you understand how stressed I am? I can't believe you're giving me another book. And of course I knew the answer to all of that, but I really felt it was important. So we're very excited. And so I read the book out of courtesy for my wife. I put it at the top of the stack. And it's an easy read. It's a very... It is an easy read. And we're talking about Kevin Lehman's book, The Way of the Shepherd. And, And so I read the book and I went back to Martha and go, not only, not only was that a fantastic book... But we're gonna we're gonna talk about it on the radio. Mm-hmm. We're gonna invite Kevin Lehman on, but I didn't think ahead of time enough. We're gonna get him back on to talk about this book someday in the future. <laughs> but it is the next book we're studying at Business His Way in our Central Pinellas Business His Way group because yeah. it is so powerful. It is it is perhaps the best example of taking Christ's management method and technique and applying it to the workplace. It's fantastic. Because he is the good shepherd. He is and so the not, great shepherd. Not Absolutely. many of us know a shepherd. So I learned a lot about what it is like to be a shepherd, but it, more importantly, learned a lot about managing people from this book. So I'm excited for us to talk about it. All right, before we get started with our discussion, I want to welcome our new show sponsors, mm-hmm. Luke Andrews and Dave Cruz from Crossplan Money Management. You know, these are guys that we've known for years and years and years, and I've been working hard to get them part of the show because I wanted financial planners as part of my show, people that I know I could trust with every referral I could give them. And so Luke and Dave are working hard to prepare you for your future so that you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God with your wealth. And and Luke and Dave, we're going to record their commercial tomorrow night, but I want to thank Luke Andrews, Dave Cruz with Crossplan Money Manager for becoming part of the I Work For Him team, for being business referral partners. You're going to hear lots more from their hearts coming up later on this month and every month going forward because I want people to know my sponsors because these are people that I trust. These are people that I use. These are people that I bring in front of you so that you can know that these are vendors that they can be trusted. Mm-hmm. So. And the crowd goes wild. Yay. We're so happy to have them on board. Do you have a crowd goes wild, Ivan? (laughs) Woo! There we go. That's right. Thank you very much, Luke Andrews and Dave Cruz. All right. Before we get into the discussion, I want to read this scripture from Psalm 23. We've all heard this at every funeral we ever go to. But this is going to change the context by the end of the, today's discussion, people are going to understand this better. Psalm 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And we're going to talk a lot about that rod and staff mm-hmm. later on in our discussion today. Mm-hmm. Because it is, it is good. Well, it's scripture. Of course it's good. It is, but that's such a... It, in light of reading this book and understanding more about shepherding... Um, there's some powerful things in there that we never would have known before. All right, so why did you give me the book? I mean, we've already talked a little bit, but why? What was it about the book that struck you that said, ooh, Jim has to read this book? I I think that in a nutshell, it's incredibly applicable and easy to incorporate it in to managing. 
uh, it makes sense. Um, the approach is very, it's it, like I said, it's easy to read, but it just really struck a chord with me that these are set. It's uh, the subtitle is seven secrets to managing productive people. And it, it just laid it out incredibly well. You know, I read 65 books last year. This was one of the last ones I read. 57 of those books were about workplace ministry, workplace related ministry. And, um, you know, it's, it is probably one, it's one of four or five that are my favorites from last year because mm. it was so practical, so easy to read, and it will be so easy to apply. And we keep saying that. Let's get talking about it. All but, right. you know, as, as one of those books, it, it's, I'm just grateful. Let me just say it again, honey. <laughs> you were right. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I, I, I found it just to make sense. And it really, in a lot of ways, it summarizes a lot of the other books. It just puts it into some principles that are, I think that everyone will really be able to grasp and hopefully apply. All right. So the, the context is we've got a professor from a uh, school and a student. Mm -hmm. And the student really wants, to, he, he's about ready to get a great big job. And the student really wants to be prepared for going into the workplace. He's going in with an MBA into the workplace. So he's going to automatically be a manager right from the start. And so this professor who used to be a business professional who's now in academia, he says, fine, come on over on Saturday to my house and we'll talk. Mm -hmm. and, and that starts it. But it's it's all about shepherding. Imagine that, the way of the shepherd. And really what goes into shepherding a flock of sheep, the furry kind, not the furry <laughs> kind, the woolly kind. And if you've ever touched a sheep, you know, they look really cute in pictures. They're actually quite smelly. Uh, and the wool is not pretty and white. It's usually dirty. But, and that's smelly. And, Really, it just is. But it was it, it, all of the principles of going into shepherding a flock of sheep. Jesus constantly referred himself as the good shepherd mm -hmm. and used these principles, these seven ancient principles. When we say ancient, we're talking about, you know, shepherding goes back as far as time. I mean, when you you talk about, you know, Moses was a shepherd, that's about 4,000 years ago. We know that was happened before that. Well, Abraham was, sorry, even dumber. Um, Abraham was a shepherd. That goes back even further, another 400 years before that, 500 years before that. We don't know if Noah was a shepherd. We just know he was a boat builder for at least 120 years. But, you know, shepherding was one of those things. That's how they grew their flocks. Right. So these seven principles, we're going to get through them in the remaining 44 minutes of the show. Seven principles. Wow. And it starts off with the number one principle is know the condition of your flock. Mm -hmm. And why was that important? Why is it important to know the condition of your flock and how does that apply to management? We'll let you start and I'll jump in. Okay. Um, well, one of the things that he talked about is checking the sheep every day to make sure that there's no new cuts, that there's no new physical problems. And I think a lot of times we think, oh, annual review, that's a that's enough of a check-in with my people. We've talked about and annual we, reviews. We have. And, and if you missed that show, you got to go back in the archives <laughs> or on the podcast in order to be able to get that annual review one. That's right. We did it on a Tuesday. But that's all I can remember. he was saying to check them daily and individually, each of them. Not how is my whole flock doing, but how is each sheep in my flock? So applying that to work is 
really touching base with each of your employees, not just looking at the department and going, oh, it's running pretty well, they must be fine, but really knowing what's going on in their lives. Well, and understand, listeners, you know, whether you're a an owner of a business or a manager in a business or a supervisor in a business, or you're just in charge of your own cubicle, these are important principles. And knowing the condition of your flock could also be your own family. But checking in means, you know, in any, in any great structure, no person should manage more than 10 or 12 people. You know, because if you were running a company with a thousand people, you got one guy manages 10 managers who manage 10 people who manage 10 people, and that's your thousand people covered. Then it's possible to know the conditions of the people that directly report to you, because you're also training them to know the condition of the people that directly report to them, and then those same people that report to them. So, very important that you check in with them daily, but to know those people personally, what's going on in their lives, so that you, if you are familiar with what's going on in their lives and what their general normal condition is, you'll be able to notice when something's off. Right. Well, and I, you know, it's kind of funny because I didn't even think about this. This must come somewhat naturally to me because I'm relational and I care about what's going on in people's lives. But one of my employees... You're also a woman, and that's much easier for a woman to do. It it might be, but it's still very intentional. And I was speaking with one of my employees today, and I knew that they had gone to an amusement park that they'd never been to before. I was very excited about going, and this was the first time I'd seen him since then. And I was like, hey, how was that? Did you have a fun time? You know, and... I think if somebody were to ask me that question, I'd be like, oh, they remembered what I'm doing and they remembered that I, you know, what I was looking forward to. And, you know, just think about that in your own shoes. It just puts um, that you it's not just about the tasks you're getting done and things like that, but enjoying life and the time away from the office as well. Well, and it goes to that point where people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. And pe- and if you're managing people in whatever fashion, whether that's your own family, whether you're whether you have the privilege to be a stay-at-home mom or whether you are managing people in a workplace, people need to know that you care before they want to hear a word out of your mouth about what, you know, caring what you know. They don't they don't want to hear a lecture from you until they know that you actually care. And they respond to people that know that they love them. Well, and you can sometimes find out about a skill that you didn't even know that they had by learning more about them. Um, say I have somebody come in and I happen to know that on their free time they like to draw and things like that. Well, use that skill then to make my signs for me that I need made, you know, for sales events and right. things. So that first, the first ancient principle from The Way of the Shepherd by Kevin Lehman is... Know the condition of your flock. Check on your people daily. All right. The next principle. Discover the shape of your sheep. Now, shape in this word is really just talking about picking the right people for your management team. And in this part of the book, he goes and he actually uh, talk. They go to an auction. Isn't this where they go to the auction to actually choose the sheep that they're going to put? I believe so. Yeah. I yes. think where they're choosing the sheep that they're actually going to put in the flock and, and picking the right sheep, making sure that they're not going to you know, be ornery sheep, which are biting on everybody else, or you know, you're just looking at, well, I don't know. I think they at, look at blemishes. I think they look at color, all that kind of stuff. But there's actually an acronym that SHAPE stands for. Okay. And that is their strengths, their heart, their attitude, their personality, and their experiences, because all of those things together make up the person. So looking at, um, you know, what they're able to do well, what their strengths are, and how their heart is, 
when they do things and the the strength of their heart. Well, that really comes into play then when you're interviewing somebody and you're Mm. hiring somebody for your team. You know, if you're a new manager and you're coming to a new team, not everybody that reports to you is going to be the right person on your team anymore because you bring in a different management style. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to know these things, this SHAPE acronym, strengths, heart, attitude, personality, and experiences, so that you can figure out, are they going to fit with you and your management style? Now, it's not that you want to create a whole bunch of clones in your team, but they need to, you need to make sure everybody's the right people on the bus with mm-hmm. you to go back to the good to great example. And it's, it's so important to step back and do that analysis, but then in the interview process to really take time before you hire somebody to be part of the team. We've talked about this before in the hiring, when we've talked about hiring, we've talked about firing. You know, you go through, somebody gets an initial interview, then you do an extensive interview, then you bring them back for a second interview. You know, make sure that lots, that all of the people on the team get a chance to sit with these people. So we always talk about doing the test drive day. Mm-hmm. Bring people in for a day, make them take a day of vacation from their current job, and, and come in and experience the environment and get a chance for everybody in your team to really get to know their shape their strengths, their heart, their attitude, their personality, and their experiences so that they know they're gonna, it's going to fit. When you brought up a very interesting point, if you come in as a manager and there's already an existing team, maybe they're not doing the things that use their skills the best. So getting to know them and then making some shifts and adjustments, it doesn't mean you have to get rid of everybody, but just you know, talking to them and going, what do you really like to do? What is a passion for you? And then if you, if you utilize that, you're going to get the best performance out of those employees. And again, it just goes to, you're investing in those people because you're asking somebody to take a job based on you know a few hours of experience. And that's why we're saying at least take a day with them. But making sure, discovering the shape of your sheep, not only the people that already work for you, but discovering the shape of your hi- future hire mm-hmm. sheep mm-hmm. is really important. Make sure they're going to be a fit. Right. All right, the next one, that's number, so number one, know the condition of your flock. Number two, discover the shape of your sheep, and shape stood for? Strengths, heart, attitude, personality, and experiences. All right, so after choosing your team, then you need to define the cause for your people and figure out where they fit into the group. And really, we need, the third principle is helping your sheep identify with you. All right, Martha, the first one, the first principle is know the condition of your flock. Number two, discover the shape of your sheep. Number three, we were finishing up right at the end of the last half hour, help your sheep identify with you. And we're talking about that by constantly communicating the values and the sense of mission the group shares, and you earn their trust by animating these values through your own leadership through integrity and compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because it he's in the book, he's teaching us about shepherding sheep and then making the analogy to sh- managing people. And this section is when a shepherd puts the tag on the ear. Ouch. So, yeah, I know. It's kind of like getting your ears pierced on steroids. Kind of like Well, that. it's like one of those gauges that they put in their ears today. It might be. But that just gives you a better understanding of what he's, you know, what this section really does. And it's really all about, you know, putting your stamp of what you want your people to represent. Yeah, it's like I, I was at a, a business just recently and, and they were really promoting their their really their core values. And I asked some of their people, hey, what are your core values? How do you live by this? And some of them were able to repeat them and they knew the acronym, but some of them were not. Mm -hmm. But that's what it's talking about. Not only knowing the core values, but living the core values. Okay. Number four, 
Number four, and this is where the staff comes in, specifically in shepherding. The staff comes in the next two points. Number four, create an environment where your workers feel safe. And it's called make your pasture a safe place. In the, in the book, it gives an example. You got a bunch of sheep, a bunch of the neighbor's sheep in a pasture where the fence is torn down. It's uh, got gaps. The grass isn't real great. And... Um, it, it, it the sheep are nervous because they know that an an, an animal can come in and attack them because the the fence has a hole. Yes, and he was talking about if a sheep lives in fear, he cannot flourish. And we've really come to really like that word because you want your um, employees, the people that you're managing your business, to flourish. You want to do things well enough that it is growing. And flourish just talks about health so much there. So, um, but if they live in fear, they they don't. They there's so many elements that they um, keep away from that they're not growing. Right. So as the manager, you need to create an environment where your workers feel safe and secure, because that's how they will flourish. That's so right. make your pasture a safe place. Hey, we still got a copy of this book to give away. I don't know if everybody's sleeping out there today, but I got a copy. Bonnie, if you're listening, somebody call in today. 855-265-2929. Bonnie, you haven't called in for a long time. Call in, get a copy of the book, give it to your favorite manager. All right, that's number four. Make your pasture a safe place. Number f- and, and then the staff does that so that you're, it also, when your sheep get in a little bit of a rough place, Like they get stuck down between a couple of rocks. The staff has got a little crook around it to be able to grab them by the neck and lead them to safety. Mm -hmm. Again, they're feeling safe and secure because the staff guides them. Another really important thing that it helps people when they know that they have job security. Not in a lazy way, not like, oh, I'm never going to lose my job. But knowing that it's a safe environment where you're not constantly being threatened and unsure of tomorrow. Right. And it's not to say that you can't. Uh, Bonnie's calling, I think. It's not <laughs> It's not that the, you can't uh, correct people. Yeah. But it, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But right. it's that you create a safe environment so people can make mistakes. People will make mistakes. That's right. They're human. Yes. But they need to be loved through them. And, and most mistakes are correctable. Okay. Mm-hmm. So number four was make your pasture a safe place. Number five. Uh, the fifth principle, the staff of direction, because sometimes your people just need a nudge. We're not talking a whack. We're talking a nudge, the gentleness of the staff to direct people to the correct place. And I, I don't know, you know, the, the shepherd needs to constantly, while, while the sheep are, are in the pasture and they're eating, the shepherd always has to be going out and looking for new, safe, green pastures. Right. And, Right. So giving them direction and finding that place where they're going to flourish. And then leading them to that flourishing mm-hmm. place because the shepherd or the sheep follow the the shepherd with the staff and um, he's leading out in front of the group. And so your management group, your people need to know that you are not only telling them where to go, but you're leading them where to go to a safe, a new green pasture. Because in business, you might be making uh, money today selling widgets, but tomorrow might be gidgets and you need to lead them to the new place. That They're always using that in economics and accounting, widgets and gidgets. I thought it was a real thing till I got my first job. <laughs> I'm like, where's the widgets? <laughs> yeah, we need some widgets. So the staff of direction, they, when you grab the staff, you're leading them somewhere. And they want to know that you are, they need to know and trust you from some of the previous points and they can follow you. Yes. And it said another thing that the staff does it is, is it establishes boundaries. So you help 
to keep them close or you help to not only lead them, but also to nudge them along in the right direction and not go outside those boundaries where there may be a cliff that they could fall off. Again, nudging, not whacking. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. nudging, not whacking. That's right. Okay. So we, uh, uh, that's number five, the staff of direction, using the staff of direction. All right. All right. Next, they talk about using the rod of correction. Hey, we got a caller. Got a question. Hey, Curtis Robbins, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Hello. Hey. <laughs> hey, I'm excited about the book. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you called in. Curtis, are you a manager or do you supervise some people in your job? Well, I actually have done that uh, quite a bit in my career. Well, that's awesome. Well, this is a fantastic book. In your in your experience of managing and supervising people, have you been ever given the opportunity to truly shepherd them? Uh, yes, I have, and I'm uh, encouraged by the uh, references in the book to to Christian ways of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're gonna love this book. Curtis, thanks for listening to the I Work For Him show. Thanks for calling in today. I'll put you back on hold, and Ivan will get all your information. We'll send that book out to you tomorrow. But thanks for being a listener. Keep on listening. we got lots more good stuff coming up next. Will do. Thanks. You bet. All right, so the next principle, Martha, is using the rod of correction. And and a lot of times people get the wrong idea behind the rod of correction. Right. They think it's the, you know, we, I think we have a lot of the um, spare the rod, spoil the child, you know, all the, the rod like that. But you need to correct wrong behavior, not because it's wrong necessarily um, in being de- deliberately wrong, but if somebody doesn't do it the proper way and you lose your um you know your standards for your business that that can create a problem and you can't go around and clean up behind everybody they need to learn to do it right themselves well and really the rod was used to uh, protect from outside threats mm-hmm. you know like a, a wolf or a bear or a lion uh, it, to be able to i mean they were they were if you remember the the shepherd staff it was long yes and but the shepherd staff was different than the rod the rod actually had a knob on the end for whacking things on its head yeah and he threw it he could throw. Oh, that's could right. Throw they could it throw it to you know get a wolf or whatever, or even their own sheep. If they couldn't get to the sheep, he was explaining like if they're going way off, but you're, he's really far from the herd, he could throw it to just kind of knock them silly a little bit, and they would know. Oh, why? It's kind of like a wake up call. Yeah. Wow, I wasn't paying why attention. Why am I here? Yeah. I don't know why I'm, I'm here. I'm a sheep without direction. a brain. I should turn around and look for the shepherd. <laughs> I loved in this chapter where it talked about that the rod of correction um, helps the sheep to know where the fence line is, because not always is there an actual fence, but there might be a, a an area where you don't want your people to go. You don't want them to get off task. You don't want them to digress. You have a plan, and you don't want to start making decisions that are away from your goals. So this helps to correct that and bring them back into well, it's an opportunity to educate your people. I mean, that's really what it, I mean. That's really what it's for. I mean, you're you're using this 
you know, correction in anybody's life is not a bad thing. We all needed spankings as children. Mm-hmm. Now, as much as our society today would tell you that a spanking is child abuse, it is not. There are things that are child abuse. Spanking is not. I never got a spanking. I didn't deserve. But it was it was for correction. It was to redirect me and my to, to make me recognize my behavior was inappropriate. Right. And but it went along with something else. It wasn't just a spanking. It was, okay... Jim, this is what we need to change in your behavior. Right. It wasn't just a whack. It was a redirection. It was a, what did you do wrong and what are you supposed to be doing? And let's fix that. But what's so it look like in the... This, I'm sorry. No, so we don't have this happen again. What's it look like in the workplace, though? Well, it could be um, a simple situation where you go to the employee and say... Um, you know what, this wasn't the way it should have been done. Let me show you how to do it. And then now you do it so that you're showing them, you know, if you're going to, if you do this wrong again, what kind of a, what, how, how's that going to help us? Well, like showing up for work or mm-hmm. you know, on time mm-hmm. or taking too long of a lunch break or uh, maybe having inappropriate time with somebody else in their cubicle. You know, or, or whatever that may, I mean, just, you know, whatever that may be, okay, maybe uh, making a mistake on your expense report, making sure that it's correct. I mean, whatever it may be, being gentle, but using the, the rod of correction to get their attention and redirect them down the correct path, that's what the rod of correction was for. It's not meant to beat people. I mean, if, if you've got people that are repeat offenders, that's one of the things where he takes, uh, the shepherd takes repeat offenders and takes them to the auction block and lets somebody else have them as part of their flock. <laughs> and that I, really that was that was a that was a powerful visual yes it really was and i think that um that key is educating them maybe they didn't write have good notes from the beginning of the proper way to do something so giving them a warning and saying okay let's try let's retrain let's redo this let's look at how we do it properly and then Next time I expect it to to be good, you know, but and do you understand it? Ask the questions. You make sure they're actually getting the education, that they're not, um, you know, just saying, "Uh uh-huh, so that you'll stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Although that would be kind of fun. Uh, You know, a lot of a lot of husbands are guilty of doing that. "Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And they weren't really listening. And that's when the rod of correction would be very appropriate. That or a taser. <laughs> a taser is another form of the rod of correction. Uh, that could be. All right. So that was. So number one, know the condition of your flock. Number two, discover the shape of your sheep. Number three, help your sheep identify with you. Number four, make your pasture a safe place. Number five, use the staff of direction to gently nudge people. Number six, use the rod of correction for the edumacation process in the office. <laughs> number seven, the final one is the heart of the shepherd keeping in mind that you have to love your sheep and be willing to sacrifice yourself for your sheep mm-hmm. you are there to protect them and they need to know that you're all in yeah and the analogy they made in the book was they you had alluded to the fact that they went and visited the neighboring um field with some sheep in it and they were poorly tended their fences were broken there wasn't good grass to eat and his point to that was that this guy wasn't really a shepherd he was just in it for the money he didn't really necessarily care about his sheep and the difference is a shepherd really cares about his sheep so it's way more than just the results financially well and and turn that into the management style and, and how that applies to management when you're a manager, you need to go all in. 
with people. You need to be able to be willing to sacrifice everything to be their manager because being a manager, a leader, it will cost you when you have to get people out of trouble. It will cost you when you have to defend those people. It will cost you when you have to discipline them. People, I know this is going to come as a shock to our listening audience. People don't always appreciate a redirection or correction. That's right. They're not always appreciative. They may not say, thank you. No, but I think that if somebody really is being managed well, when they do get redirected, they are thankful because they see where they ultimately will be educated and see where they got off task and and get back and, and they will feel better because the same principles will apply. They'll have it. They'll be safe in their pasture. They'll know where the boundaries are, where the fence line is. They will, if there is a wound, it can be easily tended to before it festers. I mean, the whole point of this is that you're really a pastor mm. in your pasture. I mean, your, your people need to know they are loved mm-hmm. unconditionally, that they can screw up and be embraced and redirected, corrected, but that, that they know that you're all in and you're willing to go to the mat for them. You know, in case maybe a customer comes and attacks them. That's what I was just thinking about. This whole heart of the shepherd is, you know, there may be a time when I need to protect my staff and say, no, you know, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Why'd you customer. say Mr. Customer first? I said both. I said both. Mr. or Mrs. Customer, um, this is not appropriate. My staff did what I told them to do or whatever it might be. But knowing that I have their back, that I am going to be there for them to step in and and. You know, when I know that they're handling things properly. Right. And that's what we did in the insurance agency. We always Mm -hmm. said, we'd always told our our people that they never, nobody deserves to be yelled at. Nobody deserves to be treated that way. If somebody's screaming and yelling at you, you just say, listen, I'm a human being. I don't need to be yelled at. When you can talk to me nicely, you can call back and then you hang up the phone nicely. And I had many conversations with the customers that said, I just said to them, listen, if this is the way you're going to treat us, we don't, you can take your business other places. Mm -hmm. Martha, we're back finishing up. We've been talking about The Way of the Shepherd, with Ke- from, written by Kevin Lehman. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to have Kevin Lehman on the show today, but we will in the future, I promise. Well, I'll try <laughs> at hope. least. I hope. <laughs> but we've been talking about this book that has seven ancient principles for preparing and managing productive people. And those seven were, know the condition of your flock. Actually, invest in those people. Know who they are and what's going on in their lives so that they know you care. Number two, discover the shape of your sheep. Know who your people are, their strengths, their heart, their attitude, their personality, and their experiences. Number three, tag your sheep by earning their trust, by instilling inside of them your integrity, your compassion, and and communicating to them your values and the sense of mission for the business. Number four, creating a safe pasture. Your pastor is a safe place. Make sure your workplace is a safe place. They know that they are not constantly under the gun of losing their job, that it's a safe place because people will not flourish if they're constantly worried. Mm-hmm. Number five, use the staff of direction in their lives. If they're going a little off this way or that way, bring them back nice and gently. And when necessary, use the rod of correction either to redirect them or to chase away bad people that are attacking. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And number seven, which I know you have something you want to share about this. Let the sheep know the heart of the shepherd. Make sure they know you're all in. You're willing to go all in because leadership costs any great leader who is a servant of his people. It's going to cost him. It costs Christ his life. 
most shepherds need to be willing to just be in pain because when you offer correction and direction to people, they're not always appreciative. Uh, sometimes you're fighting for your people and other people won't appreciate you fight for your people. But being willing to go to the mat, but you, you had something you wanted to say about that. Well, yeah, a couple of things when we're talking about the heart of the shepherd is one is that they're doing it because they love the sheep. This is not just um, a job. I, I don't know many people that would want to be a shepherd of sheep because it's a, a, just a job. You know, they they love the sheep and they care for them. And he was talking, he made a cute thing where he was, um, the sheep know the call of their shepherd. They know their shepherd's voice. That was a funny part of the. It, it was. And it was, and you know, you got to read the book, right? We should tell people that. So read, they, the read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Um, but it was, he tried to get the student to make a call so to that call the sheep, sheep would come. Yeah. And he finally got him to make this horrible call that they do and he did it very well but the sheep didn't even look up and he said well they might have been a little bit amused and they were laughing about it but his point was is they don't know him at all the student and so the sheep are not going to follow the shepherd that they don't know so it's very important that that becomes a very strong relationship between the leader and the follower and again all of this ties back into management so incredibly well that if your people know you when they get told a directive it's going to make sense to them because they know the vision they know what your heart is and what you're trying to accomplish and it will make sense to them to do something else that they've been asked and so i just i just love the fact that the sheep won't go after a stranger and you know follow a stranger or listen to his voice and that's why you see when you have one manager who's done a great job and he moves on to another another position and you bring in a new leader that's why a lot of times there's turnover in the upper management because those sheep that were there they don't know the voice of the new shepherd and they need to hear the voice of the new shepherd mm -hmm. and, and 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 so it's sometimes the new shepherd just can't figure it out and so he brings in new people to replace those people mm -hmm. I mean, that's where management turnover comes in right and i think one of the biggest things that is a good takeaway from this book is just the fact that learning that your work is a calling and not just a job being a shepherd is a calling not just a job and yeah, that was powerful. It is super, super powerful. Okay, the, again, the name of the book is The Way of the Shepherd by Kevin Lehman, and Bill Pentak helped him write it as well, The Way of the Shepherd, Seven Secrets to Managing Productive People, and those are ancient secrets from over 5,000 years ago, and this is how Jesus changed the world using these seven ancient principles. That's what he did. He invested just like this in all 12 of those disciples, and that's how they changed the world, because those people knew that their shepherd had gone to the mat for them. All right, tomorrow night, Martha, we've got a really special show. Remember, I was trying to figure out, hey, how can people do marketing in a Christ-like fashion? So I'm typing it into Google, and I say, hey, how can you marketing like Jesus? And I come up with a book, <laughs> Marketing like Jesus by a guy named Darren Shearer. And tomorrow night, Darren's joining us on the show to talk about that book. I read that book. It was a great book. Awesome. It was a great book. Again, how did Jesus promote the church around the world? He used principles. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about those principles tomorrow night. Talk about the book, Marketing Like Jesus. Hey, we talk a lot about on the show about Christ followers. And I want to ask you, if you're not a follower of Christ, if you still are on the, on the edge of whether you really believe that Jesus is who he says he is, you need to talk to me about this. Because I'm telling you, 
Jesus Christ changed my life, changed Martha's life. In fact, July the 13th, 1979, I've never been the same since I gave my life to Christ for full-time Christian work. And, and, and that's been in the business field until right now. We're on the radio. So listen, email me, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com, so that you, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the impact he can make on your life. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.